wrestling fans, welcome to the Haggard Seth and Hershey Zell High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle at Cross Creek. This week we are once again live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. I'm Rex Brewer along with Dane Filling, and we do have a special guest coming in tonight. It's uh, Paul Gunseth, the coach of the Belmont Braves, uh, sectional winning Belmont Braves. Um, once again, uh, our show is divided into five parts, and uh, thanks for bringing that to my attention, Mr. Matthew Monroe, who had a birthday the other day, who's... Still a little bit older, younger than me, but uh, still getting older. So I'd like to thank Mr. Monroe for bringing that to our attention. Now, our weigh-ins are the first part of our section, and then we do first period, second period, third period, and overtime. And, uh, Mr. Filling, what do you have on tap for the show tonight? Well, we've got a lot of discussion about uh, last weekend's sectional, and uh, it was quite a day for county wrestlers. I think we had almost 30 qualifiers out of the sectional into the regional. And uh, Belmont, of course, takes home the team title. Um, just two years ago when Jay County won was the first time that a team had ever beaten both Belmont and Adam Central in a wrestling sectional. So in most years, it's either Belmont or Adam Central who, who wins the whole thing. And then uh, in the second period, hopefully we'll be joined by Paul Gunsett. We were pushed a little bit earlier today because of girls' <coughs> basketball sectional. But uh, he'll be eventually here. And then uh, in the third period, we'll take a look forward to this coming weekend to the regionals. You know, sadly, Rex, there's no more team regional tomorrow night i still it still feels like after sectional you got to start looking at the matchups for team regional but it's not there um as much as we want it to be it's been eight years now i think and then uh, in overtime we'll take a look at a very very busy schedule on wzbd the rest of the week and we'll take a look at your picks from last week and we'll put you back on the spot for this coming week always a joy to be put on the spot again so uh, as that part of our uh, weigh-in section is over, and uh, well, actually we've just broken into it, so uh, let's get into the first section here, Dana. What, what do you want to go into here about uh, for Jane County sectional from last week? Yeah, well, the first thing we want to do is we want to oh. remind you that next week's show is at 5.30 again here at the Double Eagle on February 11th. Then we have a pretty basketball game at 6.30, so we'll be a half hour earlier. Um, but come and join us here at, uh, at the Clubhouse Grill. And uh, Rex, why don't you go ahead and read the trivia question for today? So the trivia question is, Jay County has hosted the sectional and regional for many years now. Name the last school to host a regional before Jay County. It's a little bit of a trick question here, Rex. There's a little <clears throat> bit of a caveat to this. It might not be the answer that you think it is, but for, for those diehards out there, they're going to remember the answer to this one. So call in to uh, 724-9300 or 589-9300. And uh, give your answer, and I believe we have a uh, prize from Cross Creek tonight. So, uh, Dane, we uh, did cover the uh, sectional at uh, Jay County this weekend, and uh, kind of close to the beginning, and then Belmont started to pull away at the end, and I, as we talked on the air, the uh, the third places for the Braves, I think, are what came through in the pinpoints that uh, really helped set them over the edge to win that sectional. Yeah, as we got into that consolation semifinal round, Belmont was trailing by... Five points, I think it was. And, um, you know, then they get into that round where you've got your finalists set. Then you've got four guys. And the two winners are going to go for third and fourth. And the two losers are going to go for fifth and sixth. And Belmont goes a pretty crazy 10 for 10 in that round. And there were some matches that they really shouldn't have won if you look at it on paper. And just a, a great round overall. So we'll talk about that in the first period. But, uh, Rex, since uh, Paul's not here yet because he's still... Uh, molding young minds in the <laughs> wrestling room. 
uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about what's the week like leading into that regional. And, uh, you know, we, we've talked to plenty of coaches as they lead into that tournament. It's a different tournament than sectional. You know, last year or last week there were only three rat tail rounds. So there really wasn't anybody who was, who was coming out fresh in the morning with their season on the line. There were, there were three guys whose season ended after one match. But this Saturday, half the wrestlers in the state are done. I believe the number is there's 1,792 wrestlers left in the state. And at about 10.30, 11 o'clock Saturday morning, they'll be down to 896. You know, there, there has been talk about taking that, that regional out because it, it does came, kind of seem like a wasted week. Some regionals are tougher than others. Uh, some, um, <clears throat> some of those regionals, kids really don't have tough matches. Uh, our regional is a little bit tougher this year, but uh, I think the real matches, you know, that really start kicking in at semi-state. But uh, this week is a, kind of a softer week uh, that pretty much you know who's coming in, who's going to win, who's going to lose, and, and a lot of those uh, championship matches are just going to be repeat matches from last week's sectional. Yeah, and I mean, there's two options. You can either go into a situation where you add some wrestlebacks and you take those eight guys and you let them wrestle in a consolation bracket and really take the best four guys forward. And to be real honest, everybody that goes knows, hey, this is a short day. I got other things I can do in the afternoon. I got things I can do in the evening. I can get ready for girls' basketball sectional or whatever I'm going to do. Because it's done by twelve thirty one o'clock, it feels like. And the way they run things at Jay County, it's boom, boom, boom. The other option is to eliminate the tournament and put some pressure on the sectional and do some things at sectional and semi-state and maybe create an extra week that might be used for something like a team tournament. And I know that, that as the advocates for the team tournament that have been trying to get the IHSAA to adopt something, they've said, hey, you could, you could take these sectionals and you could mold them down, and you could seed it out. And rather than the Delta sectional and the Jay County sectional, with nine teams and I think ten teams, okay, you still got that five-match limit that everybody's concerned about because those are the rules. Well, if you got 19 teams, at least in our regional, how many weights are actually going to have 16 guys in the first place? Seed them out to the top eight or top ten, and if you have to, if you have to, you know, have a guy lose or or if you have to eliminate a round to get through that five match limit let it happen and get everybody down take a top four from a 16 or 18 or 20 team sectional and go straight into the semi-state and don't change anything save that week and use it for a team tournament type thing yeah i know that uh back in the day uh, aj has talked about uh 32 team sectionals and the one guy came out the top, which is not correct. You don't want to do that. That really weeds it out too much. But opening up the uh, number of applicants in it and then taking a higher number at the top is not a bad thing and maybe something that should be looked at. And uh, like I say, take, save a week of the tournament schedule. Yeah, I think there's definitely something there. And we've been in a situation where we've taken top four from sectional, regional, and semi-state now for probably 10 years. Uh, they eliminated the third and fourth place match. Well, they didn't eliminate it. They just added the fourth place finisher and got rid of the bye at semi-state several years ago. And you're right. that It used to be you came, and if you advanced through that first round, then it was all of a sudden, okay, now who's going to finish fourth? Yeah. Who, who's going to be the odd man out? And I'll tell you what, that third and fourth place <clears throat> match at regional in a lot of ways, was just as exciting as the ticket round at semi-state. And they actually got smart and added a full 
six-minute match to it and put that two minutes back in the first period because it was a one-two-two in a consolation round. And thinking that match means way more than just wrestling five minutes. So, but let us not forget the debacle that was the year we wrestled back to fifth and sixth place. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, that was awful. You had all these kids whose seasons were over, and then you asked them to wrestle back for fifth and sixth place to have a true alternate where there was maybe one wrestler per regional who was getting promoted as the alternate. And it was just awful. If you remember that year, Belmont had a terrible first round, and they had like six guys finish fifth place. (laughs) And it was the worst consolation prize ever, because who cares about finishing fifth? Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about how ridiculous the system is for alternate, for semi-state. Because the alternate right now is whoever loses in the first round to the champ at regional, which if you figure a sectional champ wins, that means the person he beats is a fourth-place finisher. So flip a coin, that just makes that, much That sense. basically means that if you figure that the champion came from the best sectional, then you're taking the fourth-place guy from the worst sectional, which theoretically makes him the worst guy in the bracket. <laughs> to be the alternate. He becomes the alternate. It makes no sense. And well, without, well, I will tell you, Kyle Lawson is very adamant we're talking about alternates. He's a one-time state qualifier and a two-time state alternate. He wants to make sure that everybody knows that. <laughs> well, with that, the uh, weigh-ins of over. You and I have both made weight, so to speak, and the weigh-in section is over. So we're going to send it back to the studio. Steve Rouse on the board for us for a round of commercials from our fine sponsor. We'll be back with the first period right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. You'll find a full range of orthopedic care close to home at Adams Memorial Hospital with Dr. David Coates and PA Aaron Whitman demonstrating superior results relative to patient safety and experience. Dr. Coates and his team offer a full range of orthopedic procedures and treatment options for adults and pediatric patients with outstanding outcomes and low complication and infection rates. And individualized patient-centered care results in high patient satisfaction. Call 728-3900 to schedule. Adams Memorial. Experience ortho excellence. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. Back wrestling fans of the Haggard Sefton Hershey Zell High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle at Cross Creek. This week, once again, we are live at uh, Double Eagle Grill and uh, Clubhouse Grill. Rex Brill along with Dane Filling. And uh, 
I do see that uh, we've heard back from Steve Rouse, and we do have a winner, so we'll get to that section. Hey, people are on top of the trivia questions now. Last week we had to, had to feed him the answer. We had to spoon feed him to get him to call in. But uh, once again, we do have a winner, and then we'll get to that section a little bit later and announce who that winner is. So you can stop calling Steve as we do have a winner awarded. Perfect. So uh, I think, Rex, we ought to take a look at the sectional results and uh, just go through each weight class and uh, give what we think. I know big picture, obviously Belmont had a big day. They advanced 14 for the first time since 2014. Um, Also sort of significant, neither Adam Central nor South Adams had a champ, but I think uh, overall, besides not winning a title, I know South Adams thought really that they had a chance at heavyweight with Carter Lewis, but Christensen's an awfully good heavyweight and has come on really well since not being varsity last year. But uh, I think for the most part, AC and South Adams might have had one guy that they would list that they would maybe say, hey, I really hope that this guy would make it to regional. I know Jake Jackson was a guy for Tony Curry that they thought could make it. And South Adams had a couple of guys that were there, Jacob Platner maybe. But uh, overall, I think they, they performed pretty well. And, you know, when it comes to it, all you have to do is advance. And, yeah, you don't want to finish fourth because some of those Delta guys are awfully tough. But in the end, in some of those weight classes, whether you finished first, second, third, or fourth, it doesn't matter. Because, yeah. and it's, you know, we talk about, we get to 145, <laughs> William Feichter and Alex Curry, it doesn't matter who wins that match. All that matters is this week. And yeah. we, you know, you can, there's all kinds of examples of it over the last 20 years since this format has changed. I think of Matt Irwin. He took out Randy Gerber from Bluffton freshman year uh, at sectional and was on top of the world. Come back at regional. Gerber beats him, and uh, Irwin draws Nick May. Nick May makes the finals that year, and Irwin doesn't make it to state. You know, And that sectional win didn't really mean a whole lot to him in the end because the regional is the one. In the format that we have now, the regional is, is everything. So let's take a look at 106. Uh, Ike Rubel needed just 30 seconds, I think, to, to take on uh, Silas Loshi. But I think Loshi is a guy who may slide in under the radar and is a guy who, with the right draw, could definitely be a third or fourth place finisher at semi-state. You know, Loshi, with uh, just three losses on the season, uh, he's a quality wrestler. Uh, Ike is just a level above that. And uh, so sometimes you think, we've seen Ike, you know, demolish people and think, you know, how, how good is he really, after all, when we, you know, we've seen him wrestle against some tough competition at uh, Mishawaka, but the rest of the season, he hasn't been tested at all. No, not really. And I saw that... Um, the Garrett kid, Hayden Brady, who was kind of close with Ike in the two times that they wrestled, uh, he could barely get by the Bishop Dwanger wrestler, Cornwell, I believe, in their sectional final. And I think that uh, it's a little bit different story from last year. This is Ike's semi-state to win. And if you look at the state rankings now, uh, Cheney Chef from Avon was ranked fourth ahead of uh, Ike earlier in the year. He ends up going 113 because of weight issues. The top four at 106 are in four different semi-states. Yeah. And I think Ike has beaten, like, number six, number seven, number eight, number nine, all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it, if it works out the way it should, you'll have four semi-state champs in four different quarter brackets in a great semifinal. Uh, we saw him wrestle the kid from Crown Point, Sam Goyne. Uh, I think that that's a match that's going to be one or two points. Either way, no matter when or where they wrestle it, whether it's in the state finals or whether it's in the semifinals. But uh, uh, really excited about the, the way Ike is wrestling right now. And, and he, you know what? He's mean. Yeah. He is mean on the mat. On the mat. 
He talked him off off the mat, and he's just the nicest young man. But uh, you know that the rest of that class, uh, those guys uh, just are were not in Ike's league, and uh, he took a sectional pretty much in a walk. And it was a really great effort by Eddie Everett. I was really surprised to see him beat Jaden Mamie from Jay County. I know Jay County had a really rough draw. Um, not draw, but rough result in that consolation semifinal, what I like to call the blood round of sectional. But uh, a big win for Everett, and um, if you check out tomorrow's uh, DDD, you'll see uh, a, a picture of uh, Everett's match on, uh, on there. At 113, I'm really impressed with Ethan Riley of Jay County, 32-3 and three freshman. He takes out Wyatt Corkwell, 8-5. to five. Corkwell got his revenge on uh, Carson Everett, who won in the duel on uh, a late Peterson, but Carson ends up finishing third and I think is in good, a good spot to qualify for semi-state. 120, a nice match. Uh, Zach Atkins, once again, another of those Jay County guys that uh, impressed me as well. And uh, he took out uh, Logan Allman, a pretty close match, 8-6. Eight, eight to six, But uh, I was impressed with Atkins as he took out uh, uh, Mason Meyer earlier in the, in the, in the round. Early in the morning, yeah, and a great a great tournament I think by Mason Myers. The only match that he loses <clears throat> is to Atkins, who has beaten Allman now two weeks in a row. <laughs> I interviewed Myers afterwards, and I put that in the paper today. He said, "I just wanted to make weight." <laughs> that was <laughs> he didn't. I asked him what he thought of his wins. He said, "All I wanted to do was not not miss weight." So he comes out, and you know, you wouldn't have known looking at Mason Myers and Michael Rupp that Myers was the freshman and Rupp was the senior. I yeah. mean, he just it was nine three. And uh, I think if they wrestle again, I think Myers is just better than him right now. Yeah. And uh, at 126, uh, Dobie Litchfield uh, looked pretty good at getting to the finals, but he wrestled Landon Birch, who's just a class above. Yeah, I just I don't, I don't know if, if Dobie has it in him to beat Birch this year. It was the same thing last year. They met, I believe, last year in the sectional and regional finals, and Birch won both times. I haven't seen a 26-pounder this year that I think can beat Birch. Yeah, and I think he, he probably is your semi-state champ and is going into Friday night as a pretty heavy favorite to medal, and uh, we'll have to see where they go from there. So at 132 pounds, I think kind of a down weight class. The weight class kind of changed a little bit with Caden Schaefer missing weight, and uh, Calvin Ferrot comes out, beats Evan McAfee in the first round, and McAfee, you're kind of like, well, you know, he's the JV guy. He's in there. Is he, he com- JV 32-pounder or is he 26-pounder they bumped up? Uh, he was JV 32-pounder because Schaefer was out at the beginning of the year. So he was in there. He, I think he had eight or nine matches coming in. But McAfee comes back and wins three in a row yeah. to take third. And he I, beats Faro. You know, I thought McAfee wrestled real well. They're in that ultimate tiebreaker. And McAfee takes down and gets to his feet. Faro bear hugs him and sort of runs him out of bounds because there was nowhere else to go. It's too obvious. And Jamie hit him with a, with a, with a fleeing the mat point. And, you know, you don't see that very often from a guy in the top position to get called for fleeing for the mat. I, I can see where the call came from, but I think a lot of officials would have a hard time calling that in an ultimate tie-break situation, maybe in the first or second period. But when it's that close, sometimes there's just a little bit of leeway given you know, on stalling and those types of things in the overtime. But Well, as a referee, I looked at it. You cannot run a guy seven feet straight out of bounds without turning, spinning, getting the edge, trying back heel trip him. You have to make it look less obvious than that. Yeah, and there's always, you know, there's always two sides to it. And, you know, if I'm the guy on bottom and I'm on my feet in that situation, I have no problem making it look like he's running me out of bounds. Yeah. 
and you know those are all it's all up to to the eye of the beholder i guess and, and what they see but it was unfortunate for for Farot because he ends up holding him down and then he gets his 30 seconds and can't get out and ends up losing on the call but well, here's the way i look at it as a referee don't go to overtime yeah. beat him in six minutes and then it's not my decision if you give me the opportunity as a referee to make a call that costs you the match you shouldn't have been there. Yeah, and unfortunately for Farrell, you know, there weren't a whole lot of takedowns on the day for him. And I think if he can find his offense and his shot, I, th- I think he's good enough to be top four at regional. He's just going to have to find that this week. And, and if he meets back up with McAfee, he's going to have to find a way to score against him um, from there. You know, at 138, I mean, once again, we find those kids at the top of the bracket that just dominated the field. And, you know, you and I talked earlier in the, in the round that uh, Daniels was one of those kids that you kind of look, Blaine Daniels, wrestled for Jay County, had a good record. He comes in from Union City. He's got one loss in a season. Look at that thing. Hey, this is going to be a good match. Kyle Lawson just physically beat him up and then broke his will about a minute and a half into the, into the first period, and he was done. Yeah. Stick fork and, in him. You know, Daniels is a guy who beat Alex Curry <clears throat> last year and a guy who, you know, misses weight at regional. Otherwise, who knows? Maybe he's a state qualifier last year. Yeah. I can't. I certainly thought that, that he was in position to give Lawson a match, but you're right. I think Kyle just broke him. You know, I talked to Kyle after the, after the match and I said, What do you do to a guy with one loss? He said, I don't know. I said, Give him another one. <laughs> <laughs> So at 145 pounds, another win for William Feaster over Alex Curry. Although I tell you what, Rex, I'm going to go bold here. I think Curry beats him this week. I think they're getting closer. Curry had a reversal. He had a takedown against him. I think this is the one that matters, and I think Tony's going to have him ready. We'll just see if, if, if he has enough. So I had not had the privilege to see um, William Feaster wrestle yet this year. I was so impressed. He is so quick. He's shorter than Curry. He's got that duck under from nowhere. I mean, he doesn't have to change his level. Duck under to a knee pull. That, that single leg is so fast. He hit it twice on Curry uh, off of counterattacks. That I, I don't know if I didn't even see it coming. He's so fast. I mean, he is so tough on his feet. I see him really being hard to beat. Yeah, and Feature's only loss this year is to an undefeated wrestle for, wrestler from Harrison, um, West Lafayette Harrison Poindexter, and he was a sectional champ, and is, they're both ranked top five. Um, you know, I, I'm really excited to see both Curry and Feaster, I think, at Banker's Life. And I, I think both of them have the ability to medal yeah. this year at 145. And 152 pounds in the, in the semifinals. Uh, I thought Alec um, Mowry had wrestled really well all day. And he comes out and he, he wrestles against uh, Josh Beeks. Beeks hit the prettiest over and under in the first two seconds of the match. You know, I don't care what team you're rooting for. Yeah, that's a pretty throw. Hit it. Would have got grand amplitude in a, in a freestyle in the old days uh, and launched him. And other than that, five seconds of one match, I thought Alec Curry wrestled so well all day. He, yeah, Maori was he was great. You know, the five second pin, like you said. But uh, it was interesting. Then Beeks ends up losing to Shuckman. I think he injured his knee, which is not good because he had been out for all of January with that knee injury. So Maori may end up if if Beeks can't go, he may move up to that two spot. With Shuckman at one, it's kind of funny. Shuckman moves up to 52 after dropping from 145. He gets beat by AJ Dahl and is like, "I don't want anything to do with those 45 pounders." He goes back up to 52 and he wins sectional. You know, I, I don't know how bad Josh Beeks' leg is hurt, but Shuckman was putting it to him. 
how bad you're getting beat determines whether or how bad that knee really might yeah. or might not be hurt. That's so we'll see. Beeks is a senior. Southern Wells has aspirations. They've got four guys, including him, who really could do well. And I believe, Rex, I can tell you that I believe their coach, Ryan Landis, will be our special guest next week. Uh, on our show. So we'll look forward to seeing how they do at, at regional. I, I did make the statement on air that uh, I think that was a great move by Gage Shuckman to go up. He looked like a really tough 45-pounder. I think he's equally strong at 52. I think that was a really good move to him to go up and uh, get away from Victor and Curry. Uh, why, battle, why cut weight and battle against those guys if you got an easier path at 52? Yeah, it definitely looks like that way. And then I think Jed Perry, just another another guy who's a class above. Isaiah Bregi was second. I don't think Isaac Freak is going to beat him this year. At 170 pounds, another wild match between Jacob Duncan and Paul Ferrot. That match was 9-8. Ferrot had Duncan on his back in a cradle last week at the ACAC, didn't get the call from Jamie Gagline. <laughs> Gagline comes back, he's the assistant referee, and Duncan just throws a straight elbow to the face of Farouk. And if you've seen the video, it was, it was brutal. See, from our angle, we were watching the back half. We couldn't see that. Couldn't and all see, of and a sudden, it, the whole AC crowd goes, ah, and they start screaming, and they told AJ, somebody did something that made somebody mad. I have not seen Tony Curry that upset <clears throat> in a while. Now, in the end, Duncan beats... Farouk 14-5, um, and I, I don't know if Farouk's shoulder was hurting him at the end, but uh, I'm interested to see whether he's going to be healthy enough to continue. I really hope that he is because he's had a good career. He's a senior, um, but Carter Seifring ends up finishing third there, and then at 182 pounds, another guy who's a, a class above. Mason Winter wins his fourth sectional, and uh, we're talking about winning four sectionals. When Coach Gunsett gets here, he's one of those guys who did that um, He's looking to win his third regional. His only loss at conference, sectional, regional, and semi-state in his career came freshman year at regional to Alex Barr of Yorktown. One, one but, of the uh, things about being a four-time sectional champion, that means that you have to, your freshman year, have people in front of you that are not better than you. Yes. And back in the old days, that was tough to do. A lot of freshmen didn't wrestle back in uh, varsity back in the day because the, the classes were just too strong, strong to get into the lineup. At 195, Caden Freet, 3-0 over Christian Somerset. Uh, I was sitting next to Coach Myers during that match. Caden got the first takedown, and he leaned over to Paul and said, that's all he needs. Yeah, I, and, I think, uh, I think that's, that's Russell the way it was. Caden Russell really conservative because Christian Somerset's one of those big, strong guys that could that can do something to catch you off guard and, and take you out. So I think I thought Caden was very conservative, but wrestled well enough to win the match. Rex, do you think Cale Gray has a chance to win state this year? I have not seen anybody at 220 that even looks like they could even – take him on he's just a man yeah and he beats Cameron Farmer in a minute 17 for the final and that did 285 a good match between Zach Christensen and Carter Lewis Christensen scores some late points and, and wins that 6-0 Dalton Robinson had a great tournament finishes fourth and we ought to mention Mason Murphy and Henry Kukulhan also who finished in fourth place but uh, we also want to send out our prayers and well wishes to uh, Mark Robinson Dalton's dad who's uh, hospitalized right now uh, up in Michigan in a, a tough week Dalton was sick last week and this week dealing with his, with his dad's uh, illness, but uh, we wish the Robinson family all the best. And with that, the first period has ended, and uh, we're going to take a little quick breather here for uh, four, four commercials, a two-minute break, and we'll be back with more wrestling talk for the second period right after this. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Even during the winter months, we are open seven days a week, 9 to 4.30, Monday through Saturday, and 1 to 4.30 on Sundays. Stop in to see our large selection of houseplants and succulents. We have new plants and products arriving weekly, including pottery and much more. 
Keller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur off of 224. Like us on Facebook or check us out on our website, hellernursery.com, for our tree and perennial listings. Good luck to our area wrestlers. Hey, Indiana High School wrestling fans. This is Jason Cree, and I'm excited to announce that the Double Eagle will be hosting this year's High School Wrestling Coaches Show live at 6.05 every Tuesday night throughout the season. The Double Eagle is proud to sponsor local sports, and we invite you to come up and experience a live radio remote. As always, we are open seven days a week to bring you great food, cold drinks, and exciting sports action. Follow us on Facebook for all of the updates, and come visit us at the Double Eagle, 1730 Nutman Avenue, Indicator. At Complete Printing Service, you can count on Charlie Brune and the crew to take care of all your print needs. Everything from color copies, custom-made banners and signs, wedding invitations, business cards, magnetic and yard signs, and so much more. Complete Printing is located on South 2nd Street in Decatur. Our name says it all. Complete Printing Service. Call today at 724-3722. Complete Printing is also a Decatur Sculpture Tour sponsor. You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber. Double Eagle at Cross Creek. Cross Creek, once again, we are back live at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rex Burlong with Dane Filling, and uh, our special guest has not shown up yet, so we will just move on to the next section. We'll kind of flip flip sections around, and uh, so we're starting a second period. And uh, let's talk about uh, Jay County Regional Brackets to start off this section. Yeah, and Rex, I just had some, some notes here from or other sections. Or we could slide back here as well. The, we'll give them a chance to, we, to get settled in, and, and we'll... We'll just flip-flop the old uh, uh, segments here. But, uh, Rex, I, I compiled all 32 sectional champs throughout the state. And would you guess which team scored the most points well, at their sectional? I cheated, and I looked before you, before you started talking about it. So That was Evansville Modern Day. They had 317.5 points in their sectional. They lost five matches all day. 317 points. What, did the other teams not show up? <laughs> They had 10 champs, but I will tell you, Rex, Belmont had 14 regional qualifiers. Modern Day only had 13. They had one fifth-place finisher, so uh, I could put Belmont ahead of them there. Uh, just some interesting ones. Maryville had 315 points. That Maryville, the sectional that they're in, boy, there is no one else in that sectional. It is <laughs> weak. They had 10 champs also. Those were the only two teams with 10. Chesterton and Carmel both had nine champs. Uh, Cathedral has 305 points with eight. Uh, teams to qualify all 14 and win sectional were Cathedral, Warren Central, East Central, Mishawaka, Hobart, Perry Meridian, Jeffersonville, Northridge, interestingly, and Belmont. Uh, Belmont and Snyder were the, I'm sorry, Belmont, Snyder, and Garrett were the only uh, three teams to have just three champs and still win the sectional title. Least amount of points on, uh, for a sectional champ was Pendleton Heights with 201 and a half, and they had just eight. That was a very competitive uh, sectional from the uh, Newcastle semi-state. But uh, Garrett wins their first 
sectional in school history, beating Carroll and ending their run, I believe, of nine um, sectional titles in a row. And uh, interestingly enough, it is um, East Noble who wins uh, their sectional, and I was really surprised by that. And uh, I'm missing DeKalb on this list because I believe DeKalb also won their sectional. I'd have to. Look. Oh no, I'm sorry. Northridge did. It was Northridge who won. DeKalb had a very good day also. Um, but uh, interesting that Fort Wayne semi-state is weak across the state. But boy, in each individual sectional and regional, it's very very competitive. And we saw that in all the team races. Oak Hill beats Western. Um, and uh, I thought that uh, it was interesting that the Delta sectional was as close as it was. Delta with 255 points, and uh, Cowan was not too far behind them. So as we take a look at <clears throat> the uh, regional brackets, uh, starting out at 106 pounds, you got Ike Rubel at the top, and he's going to wrestle uh, uh, Joey Klein from Yorktown with an 11-19 record. And uh, I know that Mr. Rubel is going to blow through that the top half of that. Uh, probably who's probably the best record in there. Silas Loshi has the best record in that uh, rest of that sectional bracket. And we know that uh, Ike... I wrestled him last week, and it was just just a very quick match, not even a test. I don't even think I broke a sweat. Oh, I'm just excited to see what a kid named Cricket is, looks like. Cricket Mori from Cowan, 18 and 14, is Silas Loshi's first uh, opponent. That's a new first name for me. I've seen a lot of them. I know we saw uh, last week or two weeks ago um, there is an individual in eighth grade whose name is Dal Capone. <laughs> Rex, that's yeah. a that's a new one for me, but uh, cricket also there at 113 pounds. Well, I want a quick interjection yep. here. Cowan has become a pretty good wrestling team. Tony Abbott has really brought that team around. They were not that far behind Delta in that sectional. I, I talked with uh, one of the Delta parents uh, on the phone the other day, and he said that uh, Tony Abbott has really created a good program down there, and he said they're a team to be watched out for. Yeah, and the closing of Muncie South basically <coughs> created you know, a situation where all these Muncie South coaches and graduates have gone to other schools. You've got A.J. Bradley at Muncie Central, and you've got uh, Abbott at Cowan, and just kind of interesting how that, how that turned out. But a lot of Cowan wrestlers here. Belmont has a lot of matchups with Cowan in that opening round. And the funny thing is, as Paul you know, gets on here soon, Cowan has wrestled Belmont in our middle school triple duel, for several years in a row now, and, and if you talk to some of these boys, especially in that sophomore class, they know all those kids from Cowan. They've, they've wrestled them since 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade. They've got three or four matches where they've wrestled them before. So a very familiar opponent, so you may not think that they're familiar, but um, definitely some interesting matchups. Now at 113, Gage Klein is from Delta 22-2, and two, but you'll remember him as Ike Rubel's uh, opponent in the finals last year from Muncie Central. He had a transfer to uh, Delta. He's 22-2, and two, um, and that should be a really good match, I believe, between him and Ethan Riley. And, uh, and Everett uh, has drawn a Dale Verrosser at 27, and then he'll take on uh, the winner of Riley and, uh, and uh, Trenton Reagan from uh, Winchester Community in that second round if he wins his first mound match. I think the the name to look at at 120, and there's a run here of Delta wrestlers now, with beginning with uh, Klein. You've got John Robinson at 120. He's going to give um, Logan Allman a good match. I don't think Rupp is going to be able to move on past Robinson. His career probably ends Saturday morning. Um, and then you've got Mason Myers, who's got a five-loss wrestler from Daleville, a sophomore. Definitely a good chance to have another shot at Atkins. And uh, I'll tell you what, Rex, the way he wrestled against Atkins the first time, that's a match where Myers may be able to punch his way into the, uh, 
into the finals. At 126 pounds, Preston White is a guy that we've known um, for a while, a, a good wrestler. He's going to give Gavin Cook all that he can handle. Landon Birch, I still think, is the class of that top half. But Payne Blackburn is a, a very good wrestler. I look for him and Birch to meet in the finals, and I think that'll be one of the better finals matches we'll see on Saturday. 132 pounds. We, we did not mention, but uh, Tanner Johnson, uh, one of those another one of those kids that uh, looked at his weight class and thought 32 might be a better weight class for him. He'd been at 38 most of the season. He drops down and ends up being a uh, sectional champion and uh, coming out of that top bracket. Uh, I think that move for Johnson was a good one to go 32 as well. And a good move for Norwell overall <coughs> as a team, too. So uh, an interesting bracket there with Johnson. Uh, the Daleville wrestler is pretty good. You've got Hernandez. And then Calvin Ferrot, I believe, is going to have a very difficult match with Dylan Tuttle from Delta. As I said, Delta very good at those, at those lower weights. For uh, those of those not do, that do not know, Dylan Tuttle is the son of Jeff Tuttle, who beat uh, Paul Baker his junior year and was a state champion at 32 when uh, Baker... Uh, Baker take second that year, Paul. Yeah, but he also beat Tuttle twice that year. Yeah, he pinned him and beat him ten to four. Yeah, but you have to beat him in the state finals under the lights. Yeah, well, he did, he had him stuck. <laughs> he was pinned. I don't care what anybody says. I was up in the top row. I couldn't see the shoulders. He was there. flat. At 138 pounds, a very good bracket <clears throat> with Kyle Lawson, uh, Jacob Schleisman, Blaine Daniels, and Toby Abbott. Uh, a lot of coaches' sons there. Um, I look for those those semifinals to be probably the deepest weight class. Um, it, an interesting match, I think, between Eli Johnson, another coach's son, and Jacob Schleisman. Um, and I believe Kyle Lawson actually has a rematch of his uh, first-round match last year against maybe Randolph Southern's only regional qualifier. Um, two seniors going there in the first round. At 145 pounds, I think it's still uh, Curry and Fichter. You've got Austin Jones from Cowan, who's not bad. At 152 pounds, it'll be interesting, like we said, to see if Beeks is able to wrestle. But uh, I believe that uh, the the, Delta, the Jay County sectional wins pretty handily there at 152. Rex, it'll be interesting to see. I always like to keep a count. There's 56 matches in that first round. How many will Jay County win and how many will Delta win? I'm putting it at about 36 and 20, 38 and 18 this year. I think it's going to be pretty lopsided. You've thought way too much about this already. I do spend a lot of time thinking about it. <laughs> Um, at 160 pounds, I think it's still Jed Perry uh, up at the top. And, and, and Lucas Fox from Delta is not bad. Kari Coleman just has a different body type than what you're used to seeing at 160. He's so short and stocky. Um, I think Fox is a little bit, a little bit taller. So that will be an interesting <laughs> matchup in that first round. At 170 pounds, you've got Jacob Duncan at the bottom. Uh, Carter Seifring is on that side. We'll still wait to see uh, Paul Ferrot's uh, shoulder, whether he's able to go. But I think the Jay County sectional is the class there. At 182 pounds, I think it's the same thing. There's not a whole lot coming out of that Delta sectional. Uh, their winner is uh, Jagger Scott, Muncie Central, 20-14. and 14. Uh, I know that uh, Coach uh, A.J. Bradley is excited about his chances to move on, but I think uh, uh, that's, that's definitely Mason's win- Mason Winter's class to win. And the same thing at 195 pounds, I think you end up, uh, I think Christian Somerset takes out Tyson Enos, and it's a rematch of the Jay County sectional final with him and Caden Freet at 220, like we said before. I think it's all Kale Gray. And uh, at 285, you've got uh, Logan Swallow, who was a state qualifier last year from Monroe Central. He's still undefeated on the year. Evan Hill is a guy who can pin just about anybody. So uh, watch out Ryan Thompson. 
Um, but uh, I think that Swallows match to win, and unfortunately for Dalton Robinson, that's who he has first round. So that takes care of our second period segment of our show. And now that our special guest has uh, joined us, we will go away to a break and come back with uh, the uh, third period right after these messages from our... Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Forget the busy times and start thinking about leisure times. Adams Woodcrest is about enjoying retirement. With no maintenance waiting at home, you're free to do the things you've dreamed of for years. It's time to start living again. It's easy to call Adams Woodcrest your new home. For visits and tours of Adams Woodcrest Retirement Community, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur, please call 260-728-3989. Woodcrest, member Adams Health Network. Exceptional care, close to you. When you need auto parts and you need them now, go to O'Reilly Auto Parts on South 13th Street in Decatur across from Kroger's. O'Reilly has parts for your car, truck, van, farm, and heavy-duty equipment. Unsure of what you need? Talk with O'Reilly's parts professional, Eddie Morrison, and he'll steer you straight. O'Reilly service is second to none with six delivery drivers and five distribution centers to draw from. The right parts at the right price at O'Reilly Auto Parts in Decatur and Burn. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. Welcome back to the Hagger Selfton Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted at the Double Eagle at Cross Creek, live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Once again, Rex Burrow and Dane Filling, and now we're joined by our special guest, the uh, coach of the Belmont Braves, uh, the sectional winning coach, state team duel winning coach, Paul Gunsett. Evening, Paul. Hello. Thanks for joining us tonight here on our show. <clears throat> now we start the third de- the third period here, and uh, what are we going to we're going to jump back up to what used to be the second period. And uh, go ahead, Dane, and start uh, with uh, some of the things that you want to know about Paul Gunsett. What do I want to know about Paul Gunsett? That's a good question. Uh, Paul, first off, what did you think going into Saturday morning? What did you think the odds were of you getting 14 guys out? Uh, I thought they were pretty low. I didn't. I mean, we had three weight classes. We had more than three where we had we received below. I was pretty confident in a few of them. Like uh, Alec Murray, for example, I pretty much guessed he was going to get third. Yeah. Um, but a couple other weight classes I was uncertain. Henry didn't practice all week, so that's... And, Dal- and Dalton wasn't and, at school all week. And Dalton wasn't at school all week, and, you know, he was sick, and I'm not sure where he's at, not just with his wind. I mean, you get the flu, and then you come back and you try to wrestle. I mean, how much energy are you going to have? I mean, where are your lungs at, especially mm-hmm. if you had the flu? So, yeah. And, and the key for those guys was they won those first-round matches where they were seeded fifth against the fourth round, or the fourth seed, that was way different than losing that first round, coming back and having to beat maybe the third 
seed to, to, to move on. And, you know, for Mason Murphy, he goes up against Nick Stuber. They're both first round or first year wrestlers, both big, strong, you know, football player type body types. And Murphy pins Stuber in 10 seconds. <laughs> and uh, I think that was the first time where I've really seen Mason be like, I, I, I just think, want a match. I really, think, I, I think really in, want a match. I think I, I was better than him. <clears throat> Uh, and uh, he had a lot of confidence going into his match against Brody Anderson from Adam Central. And uh, uh, unfortunately, you know, he was, he was even leading 3-1 in the third place match and was really in a position to get a good draw at regional. And he gives up a late reversal and well, loses an overtime. That's kind of a coaching issue there. We probably <laughs> should have told him let, let him go, and we didn't. Because so, to be honest with you, uh, Cooper was never even close to taking Mason down no, at no. any point in time. So we should have just, you know, go to your feet. Tie his wrist up, sprawl. That's one of those uh, things you teach a first-year wrestler in a late period. Don't put your arm around his waist because the big guys are going to get you're gonna arm rolled. And they, he tried it two or three times, one direction and the other direction, and then finally got it with like a second left on the clock. It's like, I saw that coming. <laughs> well, Paul, give us a, give us a rundown for uh, those of uh, our listeners who aren't familiar with your career. Tell us about your high school career and then your time at Purdue and your coaching career. Um, well... My high school career, I guess, I won three Mishawaka titles. I won four sectional, four regionals, three semi-states, uh, four-time state qualifier, placed fourth and first. Um, and the one year you placed fourth, you walked out in the arm in a sling and defaulted yeah. to that for that third and fourth place match. Yeah, the kid who won, I went to Purdue, too, and I hammered him every day. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? He still has a state medal at home, and I don't. <laughs> well, I got one, too. But Not for that just, year. His is higher than mine. Um, and then in college, uh, got a scholarship, went to Purdue, uh, wrestled there for, uh, it was like my red shirt freshman year, two weeks before the Big Ten, I got an injury and just kind of hung on with that injury and they hung me on for a couple of years and they finally told me I couldn't wrestle anymore, so... Now, did you do any coaching while you were in Lafayette? I know uh, several people have gone to Lafayette, and they've ended up as an assistant at Loft Jeff or at West Lafayette Harrison. Yeah, um, Trujillo was really good friends with Billy Andrew. In fact, I think Bill was his best man in his wedding. Bill Trujillo is the guy who recruited me, ended up being an, acad- an academic advisor uh, my <laughs> freshman year, and then um, Billy Andrew was the head coach over at Lafayette Jeff, and he saw that I needed something, so he hooked me up with Billy Andrew over at Jeff, and so I coached at Jeff there for year and a half, two and a half years or a year and a half. I can't remember until I came back home. And then when you came back home, did you start at Belmont right away as a teacher? Uh, I came back in December. Okay. So I came back and I subbed for a, for a semester, and then and then the following year I got a job teaching. So. And then did you start out as an assistant coach at Belmont beginning at that point? Yeah, I was a volunteer the first year. Then when I was there that half year, I was a volunteer coach, and then the year after that, I was an assistant coach. And this is your—I'm trying to remember now—fifth year as head coach. Is that right? Sixth, sixth I year sixth, as head coach, and already two state titles, uh, the team state uh, tournament, first, second, seventh, seventh, first. So this is my fifth. Okay. Um, any uh, thoughts or comments on uh, what the uh, state tournament now? We've, we've kind of been talking about the, the setup with uh, the nine or ten team sectional. Any thoughts as to how that has changed from the old five or six team, four, in some cases, four team sectional, where you only took the top two out? Do you prefer one over the other? 
top took the top two out for for sectional, like way back when oh, when we read Adam Central. Oh, well, it's a lot easier to get out, at least from my perspective, from our sectional because our section was always so competitive and so tough. And I don't know what the Jay County old sectional would say about that, but I know that for us, it's easier to get out of the sectional tournament because man, it was an L-biter. Um because everybody, I mean, you got us and AC, and we always have ranked wrestlers on both teams in the state, and um, they're very competitive. Okay, and then you throw in Bluffton would always have a good couple of quality kids, and then you know, so you always Nora, Nora was there, and they always had a few good quality kids in there, so it was always scary. Mm-hmm. And then you know, with the way this, with no wrestlebacks, and you had to finish top two. If you were seated fourth, or you were on that side of the bracket, and you had a stud at number one or a state champ, there was there was just no way uh, well, you getting didn't around get, it. You didn't get seated, right? That, you that, went that, then the you draw. were you were hoping that you were you going into the draw. the draw. But uh, you know, I was talking to my my friend and our, our our guest last week, Eric Myers, and he was pulling out random stats from um, the old IHSWA yearbooks, and he he sent me this one in 1997. The Adams Central Sectional made two thousand three hundred and Twenty-two dollars in profit. The next closest sectional was at thirteen hundred dollars, <laughs> and no other sectional beyond that profited more than eight hundred dollars. I mean, the, the hangar used to just be packed to the brim. I don't think people from different areas understood what that sectional was like. Um, Jim Troyer, who's refereed now, and he said he's uh, ninety years. <laughs> he's he's working. He's got two more years, and next year will be his fiftieth season. He said his first sectional, he was assigned at Adams Central, and he said Leroy Stryker, who was a state trooper at the time, met him at the door, and he said, I'll be your escort for the day. And he goes, what do I need an escort for? And he said, you haven't heard about this sectional, have you? And he said, no. And he said, at the end of the day, I was looking for Leroy, and I wanted him to escort me to the car. He said, so I figured it out real quick. But people do not understand what a meat grinder that was and the rabid fans that came to that. And you know the possible money that was betted on the line back in the day. It was it was a really competitive sectional. Well, that sectional wasn't just competitive, but to be honest with you, AC having that was probably the best place to have it because you filled everybody up, and the noise in there was just amazing. I mean, it was extremely loud, and everybody got into it. It was it was great environment. Yeah, great. Oh, yeah. It's hard to imagine that we've been going to Jay County now for eighteen years. Um, it doesn't seem like it's been that long since they changed the format, but uh, um, definitely, definitely a different tournament now. Um, definitely better for advancing the best wrestlers as you go through. But I think sometimes, from a standpoint, there's just not that 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 fire in the crowd that there used to be. So, Paul, I got a question for you. I mean, you've had Belmont coaches ahead of you that have had state champions. This, like you said, this year's sixth season. How close do you think you are to having an individual state champion in your room? Well, I think we're getting there. I, I mean, think I think you're real close. I think I you think got a young man real that's close. real close. I got a re- young man that could probably win it this year, depending yeah. if he gets if he has his day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. But um, well, as a coach, what's it take? I mean, it takes a quality kid walking in your room to begin with. But what's it take to create a state champion? Time, I mean, time and commitment. I mean, that's just like in any sport. I mean, you put the time and commitment and you got to do that. The thing about it is, is sometimes it don't get you so far, though, too. I mean, sometimes you just got to have a little bit of luck, too, to be able to get yeah. that state title. I mean, looking at some of those other kids in his weight class, I mean, they're all young, too. Yeah. 
they're all freshmen and sophomores, and so about his weight and about his age, there's a lot of studs. So, and he's just he's just one of them. Yeah. So you throw dice on any other one of those guys, any one of those guys could win it in each week. And I think so. it's really interesting. We were talking earlier that the the way they have them ranked now, at least, and the way the results <coughs> are really shown. You've got four guys who have kind of differentiated themselves at the top at that 106 weight class, and they're all four from different semi-states. Which is I'm thankful for. Yeah, and we'll create, hopefully, a, a really great um, bracket and, and some great semifinals. And, and, you know, like you said, the roll of the dice, if you roll it one way, it's one, two, three, four, and if you roll it the other way, it's four, three, two, one, and you, you don't know who's going to go where. You know, as a coach, Paul, that's what you don't want to happen is have a really stud kid at uh, another semi-state run into somebody and get knocked down and come in as a third or a fourth and you then you really have to work at look at it and so you're lucky in that aspect that you should see those top four guys wrestling quarterfinals on saturday morning you should but you never know <coughs> something can happen i mean so, someone could get upset someone could get caught i mean there's a lot of things that could happen that you don't expect yeah lots of examples of those in the, in the past but uh, we definitely look forward to uh, ike rubel's run and uh, and definitely right now as it looks the guy from Adams County that has the best chance of, uh, of wrestling under the lights. So before we go to break here, Paul, in front of us we have the results of the 1988 Adams Central sectional. And uh, just maybe get your thoughts. Uh, right off the bat, I see that uh, Rod Buzik's record is not 25-3, and three, but 25-3-2. and two, As uh, sometimes we forget that there used to be ties. And uh, he took out Joe Hurst of Adams Central 3-2 to two at the 112-pound weight class. I'm trying to figure out why Joe was ranked ahead of him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, uh, Joe, Joe was a good wrestler, but Rod had already been proven. And, and the year before, he probably would have gone to state two if he didn't break his hand. Now, were those uh, state rankings the ones that were mailed out? Did you have to? Did <laughs> yeah. you have to? Uh, they were in Matt Burns. You had to subscribe, and then they got sent out. How often did they get sent out per season? Not very often. All I know is every once in a while, Mr. Hayes would say, "Here, here are the rankings." Yeah, so I, I had no idea how he got him. I just know that every once in a while he just brought him up to us. And the the guy that uh, passed away a few years ago from Matt Burns used to run him. Um, Richard J. Richard, Richard J. J. Yeah, yeah, He's heck a of a guy. guy too. Yeah, he was. So in that 1988 sectional, Belmont won with 212 and a half points. They were ranked number three in the state. Adam Central was 20th. They finished with 175 and a half. And uh, we were having a discussion earlier, Rex. I don't know if Southern Wells did they have a team in 1988. They did not. They did not yet. So interesting that their program hadn't started yet. And uh, Belmont had seven sectional champs, Rod Buzik, John Farrote, uh the double Pauls, Paul Baker, and, and our guest Paul Gunsett, Ben Crasher, Mike Tricker, uh, who I had the privilege of meeting uh, a couple years ago when we celebrated this 1988 team um, at halftime, as we might call it, <laughs> of our, one of our dual meets. And uh, John Kintz was your champion at 171 pounds. Any of those matches stand out to you, Paul, as a, as a good memory? Or you want to talk about yours? Tech yeah. fall twenty to five in your uh, in your championship match. Yeah, I scored twenty. I scored a lot of points. <laughs> it, it isn't yeah. doesn't break the record. I, I beat a kid in a section one year from Bluffton thirty three to one. Well, we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't do that. I mean, my freshman year we could go as much. I mean, like I Unlimited. beat a guy like I think it was like twenty nine to zero or something like that. But they. My sophomore years when they started doing tech falls. So. People said, you just racking the points up. And said, no, I had turned him so many times. My arms were so wore out because I just cut so much weight. I didn't have any strength. I couldn't hold him on his back any longer to pin him. So, Well, my case, the guy who just knew how to bridge. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the sectional, I, it was fun. It was good. I just remember more of the other days after that. I know that we did really well. 
Um, but I'm looking at the list and all these guys. I mean, look at all those state qualifiers and state placers on this list just from our sectional. I mean, that's amazing. I just from Belmont, but from Adam Central as well. I mean, there's a lot of studs that were just in this sectional alone. And I also have a note here that, Paul, you uh, became a four-time sectional champ, and uh, there was only one more in Belmont history before that, <laughs> and that was your junior high coach, Dave Gilbert, who was a four-time sectional yeah, champ. Yeah, Gabe always threw, he, he always threw that in, into our faces every <laughs> once in a while at practice. I'm a four-time sectional well, that, champ. that's how I got a varsity, because Dave Gilbert couldn't make, make uh, 12 his senior year, so he <laughs> went to 19, and I got my varsity start. So with that, the uh, third period has ended. We're going to send it back to studio for a round of message and be back with our overtime section right after that. Cross Creek Golf Club, located on US 224, below the Double Eagle Restaurant Indicator, is your destination for family fun this spring. Play Cross Creek's 27 holes, now featuring an Executive 9 and a Championship 18. The Pro Shop is open from noon until 5, Tuesday through Thursday. Call Dennis today or stop in to purchase a membership with many options available. Join a league. Get your kids started playing in Cross Creek's Junior Camp. Check out the discounted 10 play passes now on sale. It's all happening at Cross Creek Golf Club Indicator. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Even during the winter months, we are open seven days a week, 9 to 4.30, Monday through Saturday, and 1 to 4.30 on Sundays. Stop in to see our large selection of houseplants and succulents. We have new plants and products arriving weekly, including pottery and much more. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur off of 224. Like us on Facebook or check us out on our website, hellernursery.com, for our tree and perennial listings. Good luck to our area wrestlers. Hey, Indiana High School Wrestling fans, this is Jason Cree, and I'm excited to announce that the Double Eagle will be hosting this year's High School Wrestling Coaches Show live at 6.05 every Tuesday night throughout the season. The Double Eagle is proud to sponsor local sports, and we invite you to come up and experience a live radio remote. As always, we are open seven days a week to bring you great food, cold drinks, and exciting sports action. Follow us on Facebook for all of the updates and come visit us at the Double Eagle, 1730 Nutman Avenue, Indicator. Welcome back to the Haggard Sefton Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle at Cross Creek. Once again, this week live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, Rex Berlon and Dane Filling. Paul Gunsett, our special guest, still with us. So, Dane, we get into the overtime period. Most of our time is going to be used up by uh, just the rest of the week on WCBDs. There's so much uh, activity going on. But let's give the end, the uh, winner of our trivia question. And the trivia question was, Jay County has hosted sectional and regional for many years now. And in the last school that hosted the regional before Jay County, and as you said, it is kind of a trick question because it was only one year. It's just one great year we had. At I the, know the answer. At the Delta <laughs> Regional. Uh, really bad sight lines, I remember. And uh, just, uh, I think they just figured out the next year, well, why don't we just have it at Jay County? It's not much different. And uh, definitely saved uh, all of us in Adams County another 20 miles of driving all of these Saturdays. But Daryl Hershey's our winner. And uh, I'll give Daryl a call and we'll, we'll get him hooked up with his prize. Once again, thanks for tuning in and uh, participating in our show. And uh, Rex, before we get into our WZBD schedule, we want to wish uh, AJ rest and uh, good TV watching as uh, he tries to retire his, his noculars as he likes to. <laughs> 
called him and gets ready for the next couple of uh, Saturdays. So tonight, as soon as we get off the air, we're going to hear Adam Central and uh, Cherubusco at Bluffton High School tonight. Matt Conversay and Randy Fudge for a 7 p.m. tip-off in game one of that 2A sectional. Tomorrow, there's no hits or sports weekly. Randy's going to be so busy he won't be able to host it. We've got Belmont and Eastern Greentown with Matt Conversay and Luke Koning at 6 followed by South Adams and Eastside with Dave Nathan and an unknown guest uh, for a 7.30 tip-off. Then I believe the Purdue game will be on tape delay after all of that's over. On Thursday, then we'll have boys basketball action, ACC action, South Adams at ACAC Tourney Champ Woodland, Coach John Baker. Uh, boys basketball game, 7.30 tip-off. And then on Friday, we'll wait and see. If uh, we have winners from Adams County, you'll have two games. Uh, perhaps at 6 and 7.30, but we'll just see who wins tonight and tomorrow. And then the Pacers will be following, depending on those schedules. And then on Saturday, one jam-packed day, Rex. We've got the basketball coaches show with Matt Conversay in the morning. Then 8.30 action, Jay County Regional with uh, A.J. Calver and Rex Brewer. We've got Purdue and IU as soon as you guys are over at 2 o'clock. And then we've got Leo at AC Boys Basketball at 3.30. I don't know what we're doing there, if we're going to get off the air with Purdue and IU, but we'll have to see what happens there. And then hopefully we have at least one sectional final, if not two. And I know in years past, Rex, if there's two games, then they'll, they'll do one live and they'll do the other one and, and tape delay, and you can listen to both on WZBD. No football on Sunday, no Colts, no Super Bowl. But on Monday next week, you'll have the Matt Painter Show at 6.05 and the Pacers at 7. And then on Tuesday again, we'll be right back here at the Double Eagle at 5.30 because Penn State is visiting Purdue at 6.30. So once again, thanks for all of our sponsors that help uh, bring this show. We'd like to thank Paul Gensler for being our special guest. I'd like to thank Steve Rouse for running aboard for us. I'd like to thank all the people who show up live here to watch our show. And I'd like to thank uh, Double Eagle for hosting our uh, little wrestling talk show. And Paul? Congratulations on your sectional win, and thanks for being with yeah, us tonight. Yes. Congratulations the middle school, too. They just uh, beat Carroll tonight. Um, Tim just sent me the score, 59-34. What a deal. Yeah, so good job, Belmont Middle School. Thanks a lot, and uh, tune in next week at 530 once again here from the Double Eagle uh, Clubhouse Grill, and we'll be back next week.